the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a series called The Doorway, and that doorway is called prayer. As we're called to pray without ceasing and spend time alone with God. The message today is called Alone with Him. If you have a Bible nearby, Pastor Sean is starting off in Matthew chapter 11. This is Real Life Radio. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first thing I think we find is alone with him I find rest. And that's a good thing because that is a something that the more I talk to people, the more I engage people, is in short supply. This idea of rest. True rest. And you know, one of the ways that is so telling is you ask someone, how you doing? Or how's it going? How you been? Oh, busy. It's like, well, why are you out of breath? We've been sitting down here for 10 minutes. But all of a sudden you sound like you just ran up a flight of stairs. How's it going? Oh, I'm so busy. You know, and I'm obviously making fun, but the fact is, I think something in us, actually, when we start thinking about how have I been, oh my gosh, this, this, and I got this, all the stuff starts weighing in, and the pace, and the world's demands, and the stuff that we're chasing, and I think in our spirits, we actually do get out of breath, and we're just expressing what we're feeling. Oh, busy. I think rest is in short supply, and I think when we're alone in his presence, there's something that happens. We experience a calm that comes from his love, his peace, his assurance. That it really is. It's like a recalibration takes place. The world tells me, I've got to do this. I've got to achieve this. I've got to have this. And Jesus says, really, why? And he stops, and he just speaks calm and peace. It's like a reprogramming. The world says, no, no, here are the hoops you've got to jump through. Here's who's in charge, and you want to climb this ladder? And Jesus says, no, 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 remember, remember who's God and who's not. And it really will wake you up a little bit. When you're in the presence of the Lord, everything seems to kind of get back. It recalibrates and the priorities start to make sense. Oh, wait a minute, my boss isn't God. Some of you are like, oh, good, my boss needs to hear that. Say that again next week, I'm going to bring him. Can we get that on recording and so I can just play him? You know, my pastor says you're not God. It's not me, it's the pastor. Your boss isn't God. Your company isn't God. The government isn't God. That person who is causing you so much hassle is not God. God is God. And it's like you, when you recognize he's not panicked. He's not freaked out about the financial situation or the work thing or the family thing or the schedule. Or, he's not freaked out about that at all. He's like, I'm God and I've got this. Come to me and I'll give you rest. And by the way, this is only for those who are weary of self-effort. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. 
if you are actually just loving the, the pace of, and loving kind of striving and still, I can do it, I can pull myself up, I can get it, this might not seem like good news to you. This might actually appear a little off-putting. But it's for those who are like, you know what, I don't think this is how we're supposed to live. There's got to be something different. Fascinating thing, in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, he's talking about the generation of Israelites who left Egypt under Moses' leadership. And their promises promised land. And they get there. Remember, he sends 12 spies in. Ten bring a negative report. Oh, the people are huge. The cities are broken. No way we can do it. Two say, wait a minute. God's with us. He can do anything. Remember what he did to Egypt. And, of course, people believe the negative report. It's amazing how little has changed since that time. And you know the story. The whole generation misses out on the promised land. They die in the wilderness before God can bring the next generation in. And the writer of Hebrews in chapter 3 says, Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And listen to this verse, verse 18. And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? I love that. He's referring to the promised land, the place that he prepared for them, their destiny, that type and illustration of our salvation and our home in Jesus Christ is referred to as his rest. They would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed. So we see they were not able to enter because of their unbelief, going on into chapter 4. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, for us New Testament believers, meaning that rest wasn't simply a piece of property in the Middle East, that rest is a place in him, a place not to visit once a year and on weekends, but a place to live promise of entering his rest still stands. Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Alone with him I find rest. And I do want to say to you, some people go, well, but you can't always be resting. Somebody's got to work. Do you, did you hear anything in there that implied there was no work to be done? Is it possible to work in a state of rest? To live and do life, but in a place of rest in Jesus Christ, rest in his presence? I'm not talking about inactivity. And there are times of inactivity. It's called Sabbath. But I'm talking about living a life of directed activity. It's different. Alone with him I find rest. And some gifts can only be found alone with God in prayer. Second, alone with him I find my direction. Now this is where that directed activity comes from. Look what he says next in Matthew 11. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Like, well, that doesn't say anything about direction. Really? Do you have any idea what yoked means? It's an agricultural illustration. Two oxen yoked together. Do you understand what he's saying? Be yoked to me and I will give you rest. Do you know what that means? That where Jesus goes, I go. Because he doesn't say, I'll take your yoke upon me. And that's what a lot of us want to have happen. I want Jesus to take my yoke on me. Because I want Jesus in my pocket wherever I go. Because if I need a parking space, I need my pocket Jesus. If I need a good deal on car insurance, I'm not going to call Geico. I'm calling Jesus. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like we want him to come and do for us. So, Jesus, Oh, I'm so glad to have the presence of the Lord. He'll follow me around because he's got my yoke upon him. That's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, put your yoke on me. He said, no, no, no. Take my yoke upon you. It was a common illustration for the rabbi or the leader, the teacher to the disciple to be yoked to the teaching or the way 
take my yoke upon you. And so what happens is life direction, which all kinds of people ask about it. People want to know, how do I know where God's going? How do I know how to follow? I want to know what God's plan is for my life. You know what your, his plan is for your life? To follow Jesus. And when you are yoked to him, that is a daily thing of Jesus. This is your day. And here's the deal. <clears throat> I'm yoked with Jesus. Who's the leader? Let's go ahead and just say Jesus. I think that's, you're like, is this a trick question? I'm going to follow Jesus. And that's his desire. That's his intention that we would follow him. And be prepared. While it is wonderful, it is freeing, it is restful in so many ways. It is different. It's a different agenda. Jesus does not go the way we go. And you better be prepared for that. And to the minute we start saying, no, no, Jesus, I'm going to go over here, over here, we've just left that yoke of rest and entered into our own treadmill of unrest again. On the flight to Dublin, or or on on the trip to Dublin, I missed my connection out of Chicago. I get off and I go ask an agent there, where do I connect my international connection? Oh, you got to go to the international terminal. All the international connections are out of the international terminal. You got to go to the and you got to leave security, get the train, and go. Oh my gosh! Oh, Harry Airport, thank you so much. And so I go, and it was already a tight connection. So I hustle and I go and I'm running and I get over there, get to the international terminal. I'm like, "Where's the American? American doesn't fly out of here." Excuse me. American doesn't fly out of here. They have a couple international flights that they do, but they do that out of their terminal back there. I go back, and now it is time. I mean, that flight has already been boarding, and it is getting real close to takeoff time. I run. I'm outside of security, so I run to the gate, to the ticket counter, and tell them what happened. Your employee sent me over to there. And goes, oh, yeah, no, that flight's closed. The door's already closed. There's no way. And I'm like, oh, my God, i got to get in Dublin. Are you kidding me? i got people going to be meeting me there. And I didn't scream at anybody, but I was pretty intense. And I'm, okay, I know you can't. Who can? Okay, what's that person's name? Okay, who's their boss? I want to talk to them. You know? And there was so much just like, oh, I can't believe it. And, and I'm just, you know, finally there, there's nothing. They, they can get me an Aer Lingus flight out the next afternoon, like 3-something, three 3.50. It's almost 4 o'clock. I'm like, are you kidding me? Seriously? Nope. And I, you know, I, I really, I was intense enough where I go to the guy, dude, I, I'm sorry, I know it's not you. I said, but this is super frustrating. And the manager comes over, and he's like not even going to put me in a hotel. He's like, well, because it wasn't our fault. <laughs> but ever bit your lip till it bled? Yeah. I had one, the lost one. They fortunately grew back. I'm like a salamander that way. I'm like, not your fault. One of your people sent me. To- oh, well, we don't know who that was. I will get them. You want me to, I, I can get them and their name tag. You, I can go find them. No, no. So they've put me in a hotel. I get to the hotel, and I'm really, I'm just frustrated, you know. Get to the hotel. And one of the primary points and objectives of this whole trip was to get alone and spend some time with God, you know, the beautiful hills of Ireland, okay. And I'm talking to the Lord. I'm frustrated. Oh, why? you know. And God goes, I wanted to get alone with you, right? You know I'm here, right? Oh, God, it's not the same. It's a hotel near the airport in Chicago. You know, there's no sheep anywhere. This is Chicago. And the Lord's like, no, this is some great time. So I'm really, I'm very much like, so I've been taken hostage in Chicago by God. 
I have to tell you, once I got my head around that and started just to recognize, hey, wait a minute, God's here, and enjoy his presence. I had, the be- I had some great times of prayer in Ireland. The best time of prayer I had was in that hotel room the next day in Chicago, where I was uninterrupted, wasn't bothered by anyone. I had a fantastic time with the Lord. He spoke to me. Several of the things that I've shared last week and this week came right out of that time with him. It was awesome. Nobody bothered me. I had no schedule other than wait. And I just realized, oh, so this is what it means. How much stress would I have saved myself if at that ticket counter I would have remembered, I'm yoked to Jesus. Could Jesus have made that flight wait or be late so that I can make it? Sure he could have. Could the Lord have done something? Sure. Could he have made a different ticket agent who wouldn't have sent me to the international terminal? Sure he could have. No, I was yoked to Jesus, so I was just fine. When we understand that, it is so transformative. And I have to tell you, God was trying to teach me something of what it's like to be yoked. Yes, it's different. It's amazing. Some gifts can only be found alone with God in prayer. And one of those is alone with him. I find my direction because I take his yoke upon me. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in the series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch Pastor Sean in action, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Welcome back as we return to this message called Alone with Him. This is Real Life Radio. Third, alone with Him, my character is conformed to His. I love this. He says, learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I find that verse somewhat odd, that, that phrasing in that passage. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I get that. That's awesome. You are the creator of all things. I can learn anything from you. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am the most brilliant mind in the universe, says the Lord, which is all true. I can teach you science. I can teach you philosophy. I can teach you everything you need to know about human nature, about life, about truth. But what he says is, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Is he telling me that it is my lack of gentleness and humility that is the cause of my unrest? Is my, let's flip it the other way, is my forcefulness, which is the opposite of gentleness, is my forcefulness and pride, which is the opposite of humility, is my forcefulness and pride the source of the unrest in my soul? And the thing he wants to do is teach me gentleness and humility within the yoke. And that that is the secret to rest. I think the answer is definitely yes. 
One of those things when I'm alone with him in prayer that I gain is I gain his work conforming my character to his. You know that's one of the primary objectives of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's what discipleship is all about, becoming more like Christ. Like, well, what does that character look like? Am I going to become some clone? Am I going to stop being myself? No, no, not at all. The character looks like love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. You're still yourself. So I'm still Sean Azaro, but he says, I want you to be a loving Sean Azaro. My wife's back there waving a hand. Ooh, Lord, let it be so. Mm, that's good. I could have church. I could be Sean Azaro filled with joy. God says, I want you to have joy. I want you to enjoy peace. You know that peace that passes all understanding that other people just be blown away with? I want you to have that, Azaro. I'm still me, but I'm me filled with the Spirit and having the character of Jesus built into me through those times alone with Him. It's powerful. Some gifts can only be found alone with God in prayer. And fourth, and I'll wrap with this, alone with Him, I am moved by His heart. I am moved by His heart. And you're like, well, wait a minute, it doesn't say that. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The thing that the Lord impressed on my heart is how he makes our burden light. Well, one, he's yoked and he's bearing the weight. I cast all my cares on him. He carries my burdens, I understand that. But he makes the burden light, I think, because one of the main things we get when we're alone with Jesus is we capture, we catch his heart. That's how he makes the burden light. When my heart becomes like his heart, the burden is instantly lightened. Uh, just stop and think about it. Jesus says to you, I want you to help that neighbor up the street. You know they've got all kinds of issues. They're wrestling like, oh, Lord, their kids are little savages. It's like one big black hole of need. What do you want me to do? The minute you stop whining and the minute you alone with God start praying, God, let me see what you see. Give me your heart for them. It is like magic miraculous how God will turn your heart when he begins to reveal his heart for them to you. And all of a sudden, that thing which seems so burdensome, now that you've got the heart for it, nothing's going to stop you. You don't want to wait till morning. You want to go now. Because it's your heart, your passion, it becomes your heart, your passion. His desire becomes my desire as I hang with him. They said in Acts chapter 4 of the disciples, they could tell they'd been with Jesus because they shared his heart. Do you know how much lighter the burden is, instead of going, well, I know I should do this, but I really want to do something else. I know I should behave this way, but I really want to do this. Spend time alone with Jesus so that what happens is you begin to really want to do this. And all of a sudden that burden isn't even a burden anymore. It's a desire. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, says Jesus. And the result is joy. Some gifts can only be found alone with God in prayer. My prayer is that we would be people who would truly take this seriously. Because if this is just the teaching that we do, kind of a nice lesson and then we move on, uh, we've wasted our time. See, the, the design here is that we would be different. I want to challenge you, spend time with God. Talk to Him about the things that are in your heart. Quit complaining to everybody else. Quit whining, quit worrying and fear. Lay them out before God. Go ahead. Read the Psalms. Look how David just laid it out and complained to God. You're like, he, you said that to God? Yep. Just do that. And then, through His Word, by His Spirit, just listen for His voice. Read the word, listen to what he would say, write down what you sense him saying, and see what begins to happen as you learn to hear his voice. Psalm 91, 1 through 7 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he'll save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You'll not fear the terror of night nor the error that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you because you are yoked to Jesus. You're under the shadow of his wing. My prayer is that we would be people who would take his invitation to come to him, take it seriously, and actually take him up on it and see what God does. I want you just to take a moment and just process what the Lord has said. Let the Lord speak to you. I think he really wants to take us to a different place. And so my prayer is just that we will listen to the words of Jesus and let him talk to you personally about what he said. I'm tired of running in the constant pursuit of more In the midst of it all From some place I knew I should be Comes a still small voice of the one I love gently calling me. You say, Come to me, you who are weary. So come to with your heavy load My yoke is easy Your burdens are mine To hold So come to me My child and find rest for your soul Let us rest in you. We live in a world that tries to fail every day. With things to be done. Prices that have to be paid In the still of evening My heart longs for something more 
remember your gentle invitation knocking at my door and you say come let's sing it to me you are willing come to Let's do what the song says. Let's go to Jesus. You say, come to me, you who are weary. Come to me with your heavy load. My old is easy. Burdens are mine to hold. So come to me, my child, find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. Burdens are mine. Come to me, my child, find rest for your soul. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear this full, unedited message all over again and this series, it's available right now as a free download. You can even see the video podcast at the sermons link at reallife.org. But, of course, you're invited to come visit River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, again, at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.